Hello, and welcome to Character Speaks, a podcast in partnership with ProSign Design to spotlight passionate character educators who are walking the talk. I'm your host, Barbara Gruner, and today we are visiting with Roman Nowak up in Canada. We've gone global about his kindness journey and just being an all-around good guy. Hey, Roman, how are you tonight? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Barbara. Glad to be here. Oh, I am so excited about our connection. It is so fun. You've also started a hashtag, BeKindEDU, and I see you all over cyberspace spreading seeds of kindness. I'm so inspired by you, and I wonder if you would start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your kindness journey. Sounds good. So uh, this is going to be my 15th year going into teaching. Uh, I've worked most of my career at the high school level, but I started off at the elementary level. uh, And then uh, once I sort of dabbled into working with teens, that's where sort of my my passion really came. I thought that uh, it takes some special people to work with teens and listen to them and work with them. So I decided to go into that. Uh, After about what now? So 11 years, uh, I just finished a three-year contract where I was working in supporting 12 districts out here in Ontario in Canada. Uh, we have a French and an English system, so I was working with the 12 French language districts, uh, all about working on policies and programs to help support struggling students. So that was a three-year contract. I just finished that, and after those three years, I am stepping back into the classroom. Uh, end of August, super excited to work as a full-time English teacher go back to the grassroots, uh, start putting into practice everything that I've learned over the past few years, working with all these districts, everything I've learned over on Twitter, uh, and implement more of this whole kindness journey with my students. So for the past year, I started uh, the Be Kind EDU hashtag and movement with my friend Eli Kasaus. Uh, we started a Twitter chat recently. And so uh, with this whole kindness journey, it's all about planting seeds of doing good deeds just for the sake of putting a smile on someone's face. And so uh, we've been doing that. And for the past year, I've been doing it with some friends and just myself spreading it out there. And I am super eager to get my students into this whole uh, movement with us and this whole global collaboration uh, with kindness that I've been doing as well. You know, you talk about the smile on somebody's face, but I can truly hear the smile in your voice. Are you so, so excited to get back to students and get them connected? I, I can totally hear that. Oh, honestly, and a lot of people are like, are you, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> are, you, are you really sure you want to go back to the classroom? Like I've had a lot of people talk to me about going to the admin role, which is in my future plans, but I am just so excited to really get back in there, work with students uh, on a full-time basis, see the magic that could happen. And then once that happens, then I can see where I want to branch out after. But right now, my calling is for the classroom. So I'm glad you have an elementary background because a lot of times character development and the whole kindness crusade thing lends itself to elementary. But we have some naysayers who are out there saying, "Eh, you know what, character development is kind of oh, I don't know, childish, babyish, kumbaya-ish, whatever you want to call it, for those teens that you talked about who can be kind of tough. Will you kind of address um, maybe the uh, turnaround thought or the reframe about that? Because uh, really it's when they finally can be put in the rubber to the road, right? Yeah, and I think uh, it's true that there's a, a lot of these 
people that are saying, well, everything you do, whether it's uh, putting that smile on your face or, or doing those things that seem cliche, and they're like, well, teens are going to be skeptical. But we have to give the benefit of the doubt to, to our teens. A lot of our teens are going through so many things, so many emotions, uh, just with family growing up, their own personal lives, their struggles. And they need that positivity just as much as the elementary school kids, just as much as even adults. And a lot of times we fall into, well, you're an adult, just toughen up, you can take it. Or you're a teen, just toughen up, whatever someone says. But you know what? We need to give them the chance to talk about it. We need to give them the chance to really practice it. Uh, and we need to model it for them because a lot of times we just think that they see it at home or they see it on TV. But when you look at what's going on in the news, when you look at even the TV shows that are out there, we don't necessarily always put the focus on the positive. And so I think, especially with our teens, not only do we have to practice it, but get them to now go and implement it into their communities, into their family, and really add that sunshine back into the lives of people. And I don't really care if people call it kumbaya. I just think we need <laughs> a lot more love, kindness, positivity out there because that's what's going to change the world for us. So you're talking about making it actionable. And I'm going to share with my listeners that after Hurricane Harvey, we really had so uh, just a, an amazing supernatural kindness following um, a natural disaster. And one of those kindnesses was a surprise in my mailbox from Canada, special delivery from you. Can you talk a little bit about your Amazon card um, spreading joy kindness campaign? Yeah, so I think it, it all started, uh, I started a first collaboration with a grade one class in Florida with Brandy Biller's class out at Caldwell Elementary. Uh, and it just started off really, it was supposed to be a read aloud story and then that's it. And that was end of August last year. I turned it into this whole lesson, trying to implement it, bring music into it and see how can we get the message from the book uh, out to, for the students to really work out into the community and spread that out there. And so as things happened, and so that was end of August, and then the hurricane happened in September, and uh, I talked about it with people, and we're like, well, what can we do? Because, I mean, I'm super far in Canada, so it's not like if I could go out. I had some friends that went out and actually volunteered, friends from the United States. I'm like, I can't do that physically with the job I have and just financially. So we, after talking to some people, it was, well, what can we do? Well, sometimes uh, just getting a message of hope, a message of positivity, just a small act of kindness uh, could really change someone's outlook for that day. And so I thought of what I can do. So I sent out uh, an Amazon gift card to a couple people. I sent out different things. It could be a book. And so that sort of started out in September and then throughout the year and then throughout Thanksgiving, uh, I would send out cards, handwritten messages. And then as I collaborated more with classes, I'd be sending out books. So then they could really have that love of reading but all the books had special messages to then go and turn that kindness towards someone else. And I think throughout the year, the response has been amazing. But I think just for me to be able to, to know that I can do something small from afar and have an impact, I mean, that has been probably the most life-changing journey this past year is just to really see the people's reactions as I send th things out. And I'd usually try and get the address without asking people for it, <laughs> uh, just so it would be that little element of surprise that they'd get. That thoughtfulness. I, lately, I've just really focused on thoughtfulness, like that just that somebody would think that this would be such an amazing surprise. And it was, and it, it was, it was so neat. Is there one book that you send more often than not? Or do you have your two or three top picks? 
there, there's a few that I love, and uh, I have. It's funny. I have a whole bunch packed for my classroom because I'm bringing picture books back into the high school classroom. I really want to create something special with that. But there's one book that was recommended to me from a friend out here in Canada. It's actually a Canadian book, and it's called Where Oliver Fits. And I think I've probably sent about six copies of those. It's the one I've sent out the most. I love sending out also Peter Reynolds books. I've talked to Peter Reynolds and I've done a collaboration with him with a classroom. But Where Oliver Fits has this amazing message and we've done so many activities with it that it's probably my one top pick. And if I could promote obviously a, a Canadian author, it's my little Canadian push. But I think any literary book that really pushes a great message and a message to, to be proud of who you are to not listen to anybody else, but be true to yourself and to make an impact in the world. Those are the types of books that I love to send out. So you're bringing picture books back to high school kids. Yes, okay. I am. Can you tell us how you're going to do that? So uh, there are going to be a few surprises along the way, but uh, I've probably had some people when I tell them that they're like, really picture books. But I think about my own journey with picture books and probably after lower elementary, you just stop looking at you them because, it, yeah, it just, it's not part of the growing up process. You move into novels and then to other types of books and nonfiction, but the picture books stopped. And as I've collaborated with these classrooms and they've all been throughout picture books, uh, I look at these messages and then I look at some of the, the themes and topics we try and get through looking at novels at the high school level. And I'm like, there are so many great messages that come out through these picture books. So if I'm thinking of making an impact and passing on, I really want my high school kids, as we look at those picture books and tie it into what's going out in the world, what's going on with even some of the novels that we're reading and that the students are reading, because I'm trying to give a lot of choice in my classroom. I want them to take those picture books and with local elementary schools, I want them to develop some lessons or even just some circle time and some read aloud time with those elementary kids and spend time reading to kids because a lot of younger kids look up to the older kids and when you have those messages, uh, those books with great messages and now you have this teen that's reading it to you, it suddenly has this whole new meaning behind it. And so I want to try and mesh those two worlds together and show that we have to give back with our learning, with everything we do in the community and this is one great way to do it. You mentioned the word magic earlier and I think you're going to have some sort of a magic formula with this. I know for me in picture books, I was in um, a forensics league and storytelling was my event as a senior in high school. And so I had to get back into picture books because we had to pick picture books as the stories that we chose for the judges. And it was so much fun to be able to just dig into the literature and decide what story I was going to tell because you couldn't take the book in front of the judges. You just had to memorize the story and make it come alive. And that, man, I will forever remember that. And I was a senior. And so picture books were huge to me then. And I just think that's going to be so magical, Roman. And there's this, there's this art form in storytelling. And even with one of the other teachers that I met at Caldwell, Nicole Taylor, uh, we we're at a bookstore when I went to, to visit them last March. And there's this story or this book called I Am a Donkey. And I never heard of it before. And so we sat in this bookstore and she read it to me. But she read it in the middle of the bookstore with so much energy, with so much enthusiasm that when I decided to do this whole picture book element at the high school level, 
I told her, listen, you're going to have to either Google Hangout or Skype in with my <laughs> students. And I want you to read that story to my kids just so they see what kind of enthusiasm and what kind of passion we should have when we're reading these stories. Because you don't want to just simply read the words on the page. You want the story to come alive. And so that's one of the magic things with picture books. It's be the art form of storytelling with passion. And I want my kids to have passion in learning. And one of the ways we're going to sort of uh, go into that is to have the passion just when we're telling a story. That is amazing. We also also have kind of a, a long stretch connection. Um, I think after you and Brandy, yes, it was after because you said that was August. I had a girl, um, a teacher in um, Dallas reach out to me and she said, I saw some books recommended on your on your blog and I bought them and would you Skype in and do a read aloud? And truly, it was the first time I'd ever really thought about doing a read aloud to a classroom somewhere else. And I'm thinking, man, how do I hold the storybook and, and show them the pictures, but also make it come alive? And she chose, she chose Dream Big Little Pig by Christy Yamaguchi. And it ended up being three different times we Skyped in and did read alouds and their kids adopted me and they wrote me letters and they, it was like I was their reading teacher, you know, only four hours away and by the computer and, but so real, right? Yeah. And I mean, we talked about Brandy, that collaboration, I think I ended up collaborating with them virtually over 12 times. Oh my uh, they, they ended up in, uh, I think it was in October, they wrote their own kindness book and sent me a copy and dedicated it to me. Uh, and that's, I went out uh, with Brandy, we sort of uh, concocted this plan and I went out in March, I Skyped in with them, but really I was just outside their school. Oh. And then I <laughs> I got a chance to surprise them and work two days with those kids, but they sort of became my adopted students for that year. And I've done so many read-alouds based on that experience, but based on just the impact that you could see that that virtual connection, no matter where you're from, I mean, I've done it with Australia. It's just amazing, that connection. And I want my students to see the power of connection with technology and see the difference that they can make. And I think any educators out there, if you can bring your classes together virtually, I mean, it is just powerful stuff. So the last leg of that triangle is Jessica Chandler, who is the Dallas teacher I connected with, actually connected with your friend, Brandy Miller. Yes, and she did. those two classes after, you know, here we are doing our read-alouds with them, then they ended up making a song, um, something that they got from my book, a suggestion, and they threw together a flip grid because I always say, now have your kids write the second verse because, you know, just let them create, just let them see what they can come up with. And it was so fun to see those first graders in Florida and in Texas writing the second verse to some little friendship ditty that I had proposed in, in what's under your cape. So it was a lot of fun. It's, it's awesome just to see it. We talk about six degrees of separation, how everyone is sort of interconnected globally and how we all sort of get to know each other through different people. And we have those connections. It's just amazing. Now we're going to switch gears because you're taking care of a lot of people. Um, I think you're also a dad and you're this yeah. amazing educator and you're um, a powerhouse on Twitter. How are you taking care of yourself, carving out time for, to possibly practice mindfulness or just showing self-compassion and care? Uh, so I try, and I use the, the verb try on purpose. <laughs> I try to find balance with everything I do now. 
balance is a tough thing, especially for educators. And I think a lot of educators will will hear it and will say, yes, I know what you're talking about because we try and take care of other people. We try to do all these things. And then we often, when it's time to sort of take something out of our schedule, it seems to be the things that we want to do for ourselves because we want to do so much for others. So one of the big things I try and do is always go to the gym or have a workout schedule. Uh, but I am guilty that when something happens family-wise or whatever, that's the first thing that I tend to drop. Uh, I'm also big on reading and I love to watch TV and movies. And I always look out for some of those positive shows uh, that are out there because there aren't that many. I mean, there's a lot of uh, different types and genres, but I think I'm good at, at least at night, sometimes just shutting things off. And if I'm watching that TV show or if I'm reading my book, uh, now in the summer, I got a chance to really, uh, one week we went out to a cottage and I think I went through five or six books. And wow. so that's, that's important, but I wouldn't say that I have a regular pace. And I think that's normal for anybody there. I don't think anybody can truly say that they have a hundred percent balance in everything they do. It's just sort of that, well, this week it's this, this week it's that, but we can't forget about ourselves. Uh, as much as we want to take care of others. And I think it's super important. We have to remember to take care of ourselves and at least, even if we cut things out, keep a couple of things a week just where it's really for us. Uh, I'm also married. So having that couple time, having that time as a dad, having that time as an educator with friends, you just try and organize your priorities, switch uh, gears every week. And sometimes you have a good week, sometimes you have sort of a lesser week. But you know what? That's just the natural course of life. But you just can't forget about yourself. I love that word balance. It sounds like you're doing a lot of reading. I'm bringing us back because I think you did something really innovative, innovative for your for your class next year. I know there's no donors choose up in Canada, so didn't you kind of set up your own donors choose? So yeah, uh, I really love the donors choose movement. I think last year, I don't know how many projects I donated to uh, across the United States, different ones that came in. And I believe in it, and I think that teachers are doing amazing work, and we have to support them. And so I looked into it now that I was going back to the classroom, and I'm like, well, there's nothing out here in Canada. And I could start a GoFundMe or other types, but then there's always percentages that go here and there. And so what I decided to do is I decided to set up my own through a Google form. And since I'm going back to the classroom, and as an English teacher, I mean, everything's very traditional. We do our two to three novel studies, let's say at the high school level. Everyone reads the same book. And they've been the same books for probably 30, 40 years. They haven't changed. Like these kids' parents have read the same books. <laughs> and so when we talk about being inclusive, when we talk about diversity, hearing voices from around the world, we just didn't have it. So uh, this past year, as I was learning uh, all about uh, being inclusive and being mindful of the vocabulary of the different stories that we're listening to and sharing in our classrooms, I'm like, I want books that reflect that. And I want my students to have the choice of those voices that they're going to read. And so I set up this Google form, put it out on Twitter, where I asked people, listen, if you want to donate one, two, or three books to my classroom, please fill this out. I will send you a link either to Amazon or another book company, and then just send the book my way. And so uh, I think in the span of three to four weeks, I got over 100 books oh, sent to goodness. me. And so uh, I gave the donors an option to write a message. And so I have labels printed out with all the messages that the donors chose that's gonna go on the inside cover of every book. And so when my students come in, and here in Canada, we don't really have classroom libraries at the high school level. I'm gonna be one of the first ones in our area. I have over 100 diverse books that my students will get to choose from. 
and I'm really trying to flip my classroom around and do things differently, give them a lot of choice, amplify their voice. And so I'm super excited and super thankful to everyone who actually took the time and donated. I mean, when I told this to my wife, she was just beyond flabbergasted. She's like, well, how did you get all these books? Like, what did you do? And I'm like, I tweeted this and look at the response that it got. Do you know what? It's proof that kindness is a boomerang. And I feel like I've heard a message of giving. It sounds like giving really feeds your soul. And I am so grateful that people gave back to you because you're giving, giving, giving. And for you to get back, what an amazing tribute to really the power of that collaboration online and um, in that teaching community, right? Those educators, those caregivers. Yeah, and that collaboration, it's all about relationships. We talk about it in our classroom, but it's the same thing with other educators. We're building relationships. Twitter, to me, is about building relationships, even if they're virtual. Uh, We just really have to be there to uplift each other, be there to support each other. And I saw the true power of it when I put out this uh, sort of quest to get the books for my class. So amazing. Hey, our time is about to be over, and I don't want to miss an opportunity to let my listeners um, connect with you, follow you, make friends with you, learn and grow with you. How can they do that? Uh, so probably the easiest way, just because I'm very active on it, is Twitter <laughs> is always the first bet. So that's at Novak, N-O-W-A-K-R-O. Uh, that's the, the easiest way. I also have a blog and on there, there's my email address. I'm working on getting an actual website going, but as I'm trying to find my balance, I haven't gotten there yet, (laughs) but it's MR as in Mr. MR Roman Novak, N-O-W-A-K dot wordpress.com. And so if you go on it, my Twitter's on there, my email's on there, but that's probably, uh, those are the easiest ways to really get in touch with me because, uh, I do love social media. I mean, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. So once you get connected, I tend to get connected with people that way. Nice. So let's make it clear. It's a W, but it's pronounced as a V? It is. So that's one of the, it's funny, I listened to someone talk about it today, about the importance of a name. But it's, I come from a Polish background. And so in the Polish alphabet, we actually don't have a V. And so the W takes on the V and then we have another letter that has the typical W sound. I usually go through this with my students on the first day as I introduce myself because everyone always looks at me and then my name gets written differently so many times. But do you know what? It's part of that building the relationship is having that conversation about the name when you actually talk to people. I find I'm used to it now and I find it a lot of fun. That is so important to write their name because it's their identity. Same in Spanish, right? So, be de bueno or be de vaca. So, the B and the V really pick up the same. And so, we would always have that. And then um, in in the spelling, you'd say be, and they'd be like, be de bueno or be de vaca. It was such a great thing to teach them. And then the importance, too, of, of calling people by their right name. So, I Novak, I've learned something. Thank you. Oh, no problem. Like I said, to me, that's always part of the relationship building process is going through that whole name story and the pronunciation. And then usually with my students, I end up showing them the whole alphabet because there are 33 letters versus 26. And so we go off on a little tangent, but it's all part of learning each other's identities and stories. Well, it sounds like those students are really going to be blessed to be in your classroom. I want to thank you again for carving out time, especially you're a dad. And I know that this is precious family time. Um, I... Oh my goodness, I just think my my listeners right now have got so much to process and so many ideas to piggyback. So I really want to thank you so much for your time and your talents. 
Well, thank you so much for inviting me and taking the time. I mean, I love to talk about kindness, to spread kindness, but I'm also, I like to, I'm a geek sort of for education and I love to <laughs> learn about learning and pedagogy. And so anytime I get to really chat with educators, I mean, I love it. So thank you so much for giving me this, this opportunity to just sit here and talk with you about kindness and education. A geek for educators. I like that. I want to remind everybody that this podcast is supported by ProSign Design, a family-owned business dedicated to character, safety, and organization. Join us next week as we continue the conversation about character education, connections, and life. If you liked what you heard today, we would appreciate your review on iTunes. And until then, remember, character speaks.